0: Everybody, we're very glad to be here my name is Gabriela Pellen. I'm the Chief Innovation Officer at Avenir Health Um, at Avenir Health we have a network of payers, providers, banks and other companies in healthcare that want to work together in order to do what many of you said today, how do we empower the patient, how do we empower the individual to take charge of their health and also how do we help the clinicians that really don't need to spend all this time on administration with the new technologies we can absolutely do that and um, we're very glad that we have this opportunity to have a conversation between us and with, with you. Uh, we're going to do the, also the introduction now of um, my uh, um, uh, you know partners in crime here on the panel uh, but once we start with the questions, please feel free to raise your hands as well if you want to ask something, like, um, and uh, we will kind of weave you in so that we can have a conversation. Mark?
1: So hello again, everyone. I, uh, uh, Mark Treshoff, now speaking to you as the Executive Director <laughs> of Emerging Technologies at CVS Health, and CVS has been a partner of Avenir since, uh, I think, 2018, when it was called something different. It's a... Uh, funded through our ventures arm, uh, as all of the Avenir founding members did, and we're very excited in bringing it to fruition. Wow.
2: Yep. and Hey everyone, nice to meet you all, I'm Bob Holzer, I work at Healthcare Service Corporation. Uh, just as a way of background for you all, that is the largest uh, customer-owned health plan in the U.S., uh, and we operate Blue Cross Blue Shield Plans in Illinois, Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Montana. We gotta go around the horn and remember that. Um, and I lead our uh, strategic innovation practice there. Um, and actually been looking at blockchain, like many of you, since late uh, 2016, 2016, honestly, in the healthcare space. So um, been around the block, and been talking about a lot, both internally and externally, and uh, been fun to be a part of, uh, you know, this collaboration with other payers and other providers uh, and having their help.
0: So um, I first, came across um, a blockchain uh, back in 2019. There, there was this um, collaboration that was called the Health Utility Network. And I was working on, on something else. I was very focused on AI and how can AI help clinicians better treat uh, difficult diseases. And one of our um, uh, general managers, I was at the IBM in healthcare at that time, they tapped me on my shoulder and they said, well, we have this room full of clients, uh, payers and providers, and they're very angry because they want blockchain right now. And I'm like, okay, what is blockchain? What happened? (laughs) So it really piqued my interest, like, what is going on? And then we all started working together, and I wanted to ask my colleagues here who were part of um, uh, the initiative uh, uh, at that time, why do you think it's so hard to find new ways to collaborate in the healthcare industry?
2: Yeah, I'll start. Um, one, because we just want, we continue to operate in our silos, right? I mean, healthcare's had these challenges for decades, honestly, and I think every one of us has been trying to solve it in the way we think best to solve it, you know, within our four walls. Um, I think what we realize, though, coming together with this, this group and this consortium, is um, that there's a better way. Like we can't solve these things independently because then we run into challenges and we don't really understand from a payer side, we don't understand the challenges truly on the provider side until we start talking to them. And so this ought afforded us that opportunity to sit at the same table, hear the challenges, you know, each of us is having and realizing like, it's really the same problem, just from a different angle. And, and we can think differently about it. You know, how do we reimagine healthcare you know, not in the way that we would traditionally think about it, but in, in a new kind of um, you know, digital transformational type of way.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say two things. One, uh, I, I, would, I would say corporations in motion tend to stay in motion, and the other is what I'll call the small dollar problem. So that if we, you know, we have years of momentum behind us uh, around specific ways of solving specific pieces of our business, and it's very hard to, to to get you know well-meaning folks within our organizations to think differently about that, to change direction, to even consider changing direction, and then that gets me to the small-dollar problem. Whenever it is in a in a most large companies that you know we're tasked with either coming up with initiatives to reduce costs or initiatives to generate revenue. Typically, the way these exercises work is a prioritized list comes. The, the things have to—they uh, have to deliver value in two quarters or, or one quarter, or and you know the value they deliver has to be hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So if, if we have a pilot, a, a pilot that you know could cut 90% of the cost out of something, let's say, um, but it will take us a year to scale it across our business, or it will take us two years to get to that threshold, right? These ideas never kind of escape the lab. Right, because they always, they always miss uh, on this prioritized list from that perspective. So it requires leaders in companies, right, to think to be willing to think differently, right, to say, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take these top ten ideas and we're gonna reach down and we're gonna grab these ideas that are profound and incubate them further and let them continue. And I think those are some of the challenges that we see.
0: Well, thank you for that insight. Uh, the next question is going to be um, around trust, and I want to say that the healthcare industry, as many of you know, is notorious in the United States for misaligned incentives. What uh, clinicians and providers want is not the same as what the health plans might want, and it's not necessarily the same what farms are after and um, what people are after, but it all converges around the person because everybody has to serve um, the person and their family. Uh, But having those misaligned incentives, it leads to the fact that there is not real trust. And Mary opened today, um, and I think Tori also said that, that we as people have difficulty trusting the industry today. And the same problem exacerbates between the payers and providers and the pharma companies and other participants in the industry. So how does blockchain help with that?
1: Uh, because it lets us collapse the distance and I'll, I'll give an example between payers and providers. And so I'll build on the example I gave earlier. So you know earlier we talked about do you trust your doctor, do you trust your physician? I would even ask do you trust your bill? Right. You go to a, a primary care office, you have a visit, six months later you get a bill, it, it references something you can't remember, and you're trying to figure out what this is right, and why, why you're getting it. Right? So that, things like that, these process inefficiencies contribute to the lack of trust. So with one of the initiatives that we're working on at CVS and bringing to Avenir you know, with our partners is the ability to collapse that distance. To go for a specific set of treatment codes, you know, to get, to conclude your visit and actually get the bill right there in the office, right? So you know how much you owe. Yeah, and that's completely closed. And that that small step, right? Even that little thing improves patient satisfaction tremendously. They trust the process more because they're not getting these cryptic things months later, uh, referencing procedures or tests that you know they they weren't even sure that they had. And it, it, it's and the way blockchain helps in that is uh, that it enables the participants, which are providers and payers, to trust each other. So if if through Avenir if MiniClinic sends a transaction to HCSC, you know, through blockchain, similar to what was being talked about previously, we'll be able to they'll be able to confirm that it is in fact coming from us, from MiniClinic. Right? And so they will be able to trust that that bill, uh, that that claim in that case and as an example, and that speeds up this process, which already takes too long.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I could add on to that. I want to, there's there's this aspirational use case, though. I want to bring up because I think I think it's going to help with trust and, and help it go a long way. And that's uh, you know, so blockchain, as you can know, as you know, it's very good at um, use case around track and trace. So imagine that in a healthcare setting, where I now can you know go to my doctor. I can record that that happened. I can record now that you know I had this you know diagnosis, and then I had this treatment plan, and then I executed on the treatment plan, and then I saw the you know this this other doctor or physical therapist, and all the way through my journey. Imagine this world where we now have this you know digital wallet where I can kind of see and see that all the way along the way, because we often hear from our members that I didn't like. Wait a minute, I don't think I had that procedure, but they're confused because they didn't, you know, they're like, well, did they prescribe that to me or did they not? And now I'm getting billed for it. Should I be paying for this? Like, I don't understand that. And if you just are transparent throughout the journey, like, I think that, that alone, to your point, like, it, it's connected to the payers and the priors. Everyone's on the same page. And then you, as a consumer of that, know that that's happening and you, you can recognize it because, you know, it's happening in the moment and you can kind of verify it all the way along the way as well. So.
0: Thank you. We're gonna switch a little bit to the person. If you were to visualize what's going on in the technology stacks that are available today on the market, that hospitals use or health plans use, what everybody's using, it's not necessarily on the same standard. It's not necessarily um, talking to each other in, in a way that is connected, right? So. It's not enough to create the connections between the parties. It's also very important that the back office get streamlined onto one set of standards. We do have a lot of work around FIRE. FIRE is a communication protocol, so that is goodness. Um, but beyond FIRE, we also need to make sure that the technology stats are somehow standardized in a way Um, Because if we keep having this disconnected, kind of silent, different technologies deployed in different databases and in different centralization methods and so on, and none of this talks to each other and interoperates with each other in a certain way, then how are we going to help the experience of that individual and their families? Um, How are we going to focus on them? since we have to spend so much money maintaining those systems that are disconnected and keep adding on top of them more and more to try to make those systems to talk to each other, do we really need to go that route or do we need to be more focused on the person and their family and reimagine the back office? So um, I'm going to ask... Mark and Bob to talk a little bit about use cases that are focused on the individual and how does that transform the experience?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know, I'll, I'll build upon the example I just gave around uh, the, the real-time adjudication. So take that this, a step further, uh, you know, c- consider what I talked about this morning, the digital IDs, digital mm-hmm. driver's license. So now imagine you go into a doctor's office, let's say a mini clinic, a CVS mini clinic, an urgent care facility. You have a digital driver's license, something issued by, from a state. You're able to use that to check in to the clinic, at right, the doctor's office. Because that's an absolutely, a cryptographically assured trusted source of your ID, right, that this is actually me, we can do a lot with that. Mini can then, through a platform like Avenir, Uh, connect to all the payers that are on it to figure out where does mark have insurance because that might probably not surprised to learn that this alignment of coverage is a big issue for us on on the payer side so because we're enabling this cryptographically assured digital ID on the front we're able to resolve problems on the back we're also able then you know to use that ID uh, ultimately once this once this propagates to to resolve the issue of duplicate entries, right? Like I I may go to one clinic and they may have me as Mark Treshock, another may have me as Mark A Treshock, another may have me as Mark with a K, A Treshock, right? And within Epic or Cerner or whatever we have, sometimes those things, uh, they create duplicates, right? So back to your point about, does the person know what procedures they even got? Some of that can be attributed to these duplicative records that get created, uh, and this isn't even considering the ones that are created nefarious, right? So, you know, incorporating something which is coming anyway, right, digital ID, into the very, very front end of healthcare at the provider's office can simplify things for the provider and the patient and help collapse the distance with the back end. Yeah,
2: um, that's good. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I <laughs> mean, we're all, all talking right, about right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about um, this digital fabric, so to call it, that is going to connect but also transform the back offices of the payers and providers. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, the sharing. How this could be a sharing economy, right? Because. Now, having this type of infrastructure and collaboration services, it means that the payer or the provider doesn't have to carry the burden of the administrative costs themselves. So, Bob, why don't you start this one? Do you have any examples? Yeah, I do.
2: And and so I'm an innovation, so I like to be visual. And so let's uh, kind of put you in the shoes of probably something that happens to you every day. And I'd love to hear, or not every day, but, you know. Anytime you go after some large treatment, like let's just say knee surgery, um, you know, maybe three weeks after you've had that procedure, uh, you get a letter. Let's pretend this is a letter, comes in snail mail, and you open it, it's from your, your health plan, and they're asking you questions like, I see you had this knee, knee procedure, um, do you have secondary insurance? And you're probably looking at it, it's like, well, why doesn't my insurance plan know that I have? I, you know, that I may or may not have, or that, you know, I'm, you know, one, they're the primary, and that, yes, I should have, they should know that I already have other insurance, kind of thing. Um, but we don't. And I think the theme here, you know, I heard a lot is data, 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 access to data. Uh, and how do we get access to data? And not in a way that I have to move data. Like, so data hops is bad in our world. We don't wanna be moving data. We don't wanna, be, you know, pull in lab data and store it on our servers. We want it to stay where it's at, but have an ecosystem that we can connect to data. So one of the use cases we've been talking a lot about and that we're working on is around what we call coordination of benefits. So it's the idea that we can determine primacy or secondary tertiary concerns that someone, you know, our members in this case, or a patient has. Um, but we can't get access to that data because the other data that we need is with another health plan, you know? So Aetna in this case, I need to know and have access to their data and then we can run standard rules like there's NIC mark type of rules that I can run to determine who is secondary or primary or whatever. Um, so we're looking at blockchain as a way um, through the ecosystem and kind of a fire-based exchange to have access to data that doesn't have to move to me but I can actually run my rules against it because I have permissions to see data that Aetna has and data that I have and then determine that there is primacy and then we can flag that and then Aetna on their side can determine that really quickly and then long term the provider now can actually properly bill because now they know who primary and secondary is so they don't have to like send the bill to someone they think is a primary then we get it and then we pay it as a primary and then we find out later we're the secondary and now we got to go recoup all those costs and the providers are not happy with us our members aren't happy with us and so on and so forth so um, you know, that's kind of how we're seeing some use cases that, you know, is impactful not only to our members, but all of our other kind of customers who are in the kind of that
1: journey. And I, w- I would say to build on that, you, you know, an opportunity for all of us is, is to, to look upon blockchain and look upon platforms like Avenir as an opportunity to, you know, to defer some of this capability from within our four walls to someplace external. So our, our organizational instinct, right, as a big company, is to build a database of the original. Oh, we'll build a database, and maintain it, and get data from other places, and tend to its carrying and feeding. But that that's suboptimal, you know, because he's going to do the same thing, and others are going to do the same thing. The benefit of this is, and this requires as much of a mindset change within our companies as a technology investment, is to say, OK, the source of that data know can be something like Avenue so we could rely upon them for the source of the data all we have to do is connect to them and consume it right whether it's Miniclinic that's consuming it or Aetna that's consuming it or some other business unit within CVS that's consuming it so we have to be you know willing as an organization to do that and once we do that we're able to move up the stack right to use a just use a, a nice tech term, right? to, get, to get out of, of in this case, the business of housing data, right, and managing managing data and keeping it in sync. What Avenue do that as a platform, we can do what we do best.
2: Yeah, and to be clear, not in an HIE kind of way, not a collection of an aggregator of data. This is all about um, the source of the data is still the source of the data, whether that's Aetna or we're using blockchain as a, you know, endpoint verifier to make the connections and then have pointer hash of where that yep. data is located and then we're permission to see it or they're permission to see it. So I want to be clear on that because that's kind of the important part of, the, of this. Excellent.
0: Yes, absolutely. We had a lot of debates of, um, and somebody presented today and they talked about Web 2.5 where you need to do some centralization before you move to... Decentralization, And in our case, it was very important for all of our network participants to keep ownership of their data. So although we manage it and um, we are the operator of the network, we don't actually see the data. The data is just moving between the authorized parties based on the handshake that blockchain provides. Um, So I also wanted to ask you, how does this accelerate digital transformation at your companies? Because many of the people sitting here are going through digital transformation, especially after the COVID. This accelerated a lot. Would you guys
1: comment? I'll build on the example I just gave, right, where it it gives us the opportunity to offload some of these tasks to the Avenue platform itself. So like we, don't insist, we wouldn't have to build an internal database or data lake mm-hmm. to contain this data to house household. If we're able to connect Savonir and, and you know, use this federated model of data sharing. So things like that um, make it easier for us to make progress. Right? It lets us, lets all of us kind of go up the stack right? to think about other problems um, beyond simply aggregating the data or getting the data that we need to solve the thing that we need the other example I gave around real-time adjudication that has tremendous benefits for the patient, but it also has operational and financial benefits for us as a company. Right? If we if the individual pays before they leave the office, you can imagine that the wait rates rates for that uh, population go down considerably. Just as an example, there are third-party fees that can be avoided because we settle that claim uh, kind of immediately. You know, and that in, right now in a small way, which will hopefully become a big way can fuel, uh, it pays for itself, it pays for innovation, right, because the application is saving money as we well, deploy, right, paying itself forward uh, for continued work. Uh, so those are, two, those are two opportunities.
2: Yeah, and kind of similarly, we're, we, we think about it, you know, if we're continually making these investments on our internal system, like Gabby likes to say, the back office, but that's not really making the difference. What if we shifted that investment to, you know, growing a network like this because we can make better connections across our other pairs, the providers, and then we can focus a lot on the experience. So the, the digital endpoints and the digital channels that we want to bring to our, our, our members, even to our providers in a new and different way, improve that experience because now we have better access to data that we didn't have before. So that's kind of the way we were thinking about, kind of shifting. You know the dollars don't go away. We need to invest in something, but and we want to rather invest in something that has a long-term viability and being successful instead of just trying to solve it all internally. Thank you
0: both. Any questions from the audience? All right. So I guess we did a good job. Thank you, Mark and Bob. Thank you. Right, thank you. <laughs>